Good evening. Our first song tonight, 438. 438. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Four hundred forty-two, four forty-two. After this song, we'll have our opening prayer. My faith looks up to thee.
I don't know who's supposed to be here. I don't have a scripture reading. I don't, uh, my phone's still back there, so I don't even have a Bible with me. So let's pray together, please. <laughs> Father in heaven, we're thankful so much for all that you do for us. You've given us another beautiful day, uh, a beautiful day of life, Father, and a beautiful opportunity to assemble together with those that we love and to worship you. And we pray, Father, that uh, what we say and do here at, at this congregation is pleasing to you, edifying to, to each of us, and, and helpful to those around us in our community. Just help us, Father, to be that shining light that we need to be. Help us to take advantage of the opportunities you give us each day uh, to show your love to those around us and to lend a hand and pitch in help where we can. There are so many, Father, who are struggling, and there are many among us and many on our hearts and on our minds uh, dealing with, uh, with illness, um, physical health, uh, mental illness, anxiety, depression. Uh, we all struggle, Father. We all have things in our life that we need help with. We need your strength. We need your guidance. We need your love. We're thankful, Father, that you're always there for us, that you're ever-present in our life if we only look to try to find you. We're thankful for that, Father, and help us take advantage of that opportunity. Guide us throughout the rest of our service here this evening, Father. May it be pleasing to you. And may we be uplifted by being here. Help us, Father, to learn what we need to do and be in our life to bring you glory. Thankful for your son, for what he means to us, and for all that we have through him and in him, and we pray in his name. Amen. Before our sermon this evening, let's sing number 421. 421. If you can, please, let's stand as we sing a song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the
Mark your books at number 763. 763. Good evening. It's good to see each one of you with us this evening. Uh, with the, uh, the vote that's coming up on Tuesday of this week, I thought it might be a pertinent topic for us to think about the topic of abortion. And so with that in mind, I, I kind of wanted to walk through...
speak by the Pharisees, they expect him to, uh, to, to condemn her, to, to hate her, to uh, have her stoned. He doesn't do that, right? See the mercy, see the grace. You need, you need to see that because it's for you just as much as it was for her. But listen to the words that he says and the commandment that he gives. He's not letting her off the hook. He's not okaying her sin. He doesn't tell her to go back and do, do this again. In fact, in verse 11, he, said, uh, he says, Neither do I condemn you. And that's where they want you to stop, right? Neither do I condemn you. But he doesn't stop there. He has more to say to the woman. Go, and from now on, sin no more. He's not okaying her sin. He's condemning her sin, but he's showing grace to her. If she goes back into that lifestyle and lives like that, grace wouldn't cover that sin. And in, uh, in Romans chapter 6, Paul would say, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Do you remember his answer? Certainly not. Of course not. He's not okaying their sin. In fact, he's saying, Come out of that sin. Don't buy into it, don't be held down by it anymore. In John chapter 5, Jesus is going to meet another man who is in a similar situation. This guy um, is a paralytic. He can't walk. And in verse 14, Jesus meets him. This is what he says to him. Afterward, in verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Did he okay the man's sin? Did he say, go, go do what you want to do. Come on, I'll go help you. Come on, it's okay. I'll, I'll walk with you into your sin. He didn't say any of those things, did he? He said, I've let you off the hook now. Straighten out your life. I'm showing grace to you. Don't abuse the grace. Their argument says that we should just okay their sin because... Jesus hung out with this type of person all the time, and he did. He did hang out with these people all the time. The ones that the religious people uh, of his day had ostracized, had pulled away from, the ones who were dirty and uh, who the religious world was standoffish to, that they wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, those people were attracted to Jesus. But why were they so attracted to him? Why was he so attracted to them? Because those were the ones who knew they needed salvation. The Pharisees had no clue. They thought they were just fine as they were. They thought, I can get to heaven just by doing the things that I'm currently doing. Aren't I so good? Right? That's the, the story Jesus tells about the, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee literally says that. That's a common occurrence in his day. I'm so good, I'm going to be able to work my way to heaven. And Jesus says, that's just not how it goes. You need me. And so these people were attracted to him. These, these ones who were so on the outskirts, who were never welcomed in these religious circles, they were attracted to Jesus. And he welcomed them to him, just as we should. But he never okayed their sin. He never said, it's okay, just keep doing what you're doing. Those, that thought, those words, never entered his mind or or exited his lips. What he said was, I'm glad you came. Welcome. Now, 
it's time to start transforming your life. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul would remind us that we have to be not conformed to the mold of this world, but transformed into the mind of Christ, right? That's what he's demanding. That's the goal, that's the agenda. I just don't see how, even with as charitable as we can be with their arguments, that this could ever line up with Scripture. It is a black mark, a pock mark on American society that we have allowed abortion to remain legalized as long as it did. And now that it's finally gone, it would be another black mark on Ohio's history for us to ever allow this to come back. This is something Christianity as a whole can't agree on. <laughs> At least we should be able to agree on. Work through these arguments on your own. Talk to these people on your own. Love them. Don't allow them to stay where they are. Because where they are is dangerous. You call them out. In a loving, kind, gentle way. But you don't allow this kind of thinking to remain in your friends and your neighbors' minds. That's the message of Jesus. As we come to know him more, we transform more and more into his image. And stuff like this, these mindsets and this worldview that is so antithetical to who he would have us to be gets kicked to the curb. And finally, we take on his worldview. And we look at our world. We look at each other. We look through politics. We look at everything through his eyes, the way that he would look at those things. Tonight, if you've not been saved, that's, that's the pivotal question. What are you struggling with? Are you still struggling with your sin because there's a way out? There's hope, there's redemption, there's salvation, but it's only found inside of Christ. You, you can't find that anywhere else. There's not a political party that's going to be able to save you. There's not a person that's going to be able to save you. That's only found inside of Christ. And through your submission to baptism, he washes your sins away and you become a brand new creation one who is totally and completely focused on doing his will no one else's maybe you've already made that decision tonight and you're struggling we want to pray with you and for you that you can be everything that God would have you to be why don't you come tonight if you have anything that we can help you with
Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we are dismissed. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we're glad you decided to worship with us this evening. If you can take a moment to fill out a visitor card in front of you, uh, so that way we can have a record of your attendance, we'd be greatly appreciated. There's a black box in the back. Uh, you can stick it back uh, in, in there. Um, also, um, up, updates on our announcements, what's going on uh, all preschool to sixth grade. Uh, reminder that there's a scavenger hunt at 9 a.m. this Saturday. So November 11th for preschool to sixth grade, a scavenger hunt that starts at 9 a.m. Also, next Sunday, um, after morning worship, Life Group 1 and Life Group 2, that's Gary and Rick's Life Group, will be hosting a veterans dinner uh, for all, all our veterans and their families. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board, uh, so please sign up before you leave if you're planning on attending that dinner. Also, uh, men's meeting, uh, November 18th at 8.30. Uh, this is the plan, our vision for 2024. Um, so all men, please come to this meeting at 8.30. Also, November 19th is special needs contribution and Thanksgiving food drive and deacons meeting. Uh, due to the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, Wednesday, November 22nd, we'll have a devotional only, no Bible class. Um, also, the new quarter starts December 3rd for teachers. Uh, uh, Connie and Jeremy are needing teachers for, uh, for the new quarter, so if you can help out with that, please see them. Um, also, if you're one of our older members who needs to ride to church uh, because it's getting darker sooner, uh, there's a sign sheet on the four-year board. Please sign that before you leave. Uh, remember, continuing our prayers Keep Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers as he has his cancer treatments again in Columbus this Thursday. Keep Jim Haney and Jim Martin and Chuck Davidson in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. Uh, keep Carolyn O'Lynn in your prayers as she goes through rehab in Ironton. Um, keep uh, Friday Simpson in your prayers as well uh, with her health issues. Um, also keep Peg and Roger Pryor and Charlie and Alice Boso in your prayers as well and, and their family. Um, with the situations they have going on. That's all the announcements I have. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it is prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now. It's in the conference room. It's to my left, to your right, um, through these doors, and you can do that now. And we'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Our closing song tonight is number 95. Number 95. Days are filled with sorrow and care, hearts are lonely and drear. Burn it all into that 
kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together here to learn a lesson from your word, to learn, Father, how we should look upon life and how we should respect that life. Father, we thank you for Chris and for his decision to discuss things that are hard to discuss, things that we need to make up our minds about and things that we need to learn how to put them into use in our daily life. Father, help us to make our decisions based upon your word instead of on our emotions. Help us, Father, to always follow you, to realize you are the source of our life and we are so appreciative of the ability to become a child of yours through the blood of your son. Go with us as we leave. Help all those who have been mentioned as sick from the congregation here. Strengthen them, strengthen the people that are waiting upon them. Be with their families. Father, we ask that you go with us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>